0: The NBA decided to stop playing and sports might be on standstill. We're finally forced to actually talk about something besides sports because you know what? The world just wants us to do that apparently. But if you're looking for fantasy football advice, we have that and more on the show. Special guest Jennifer Piachanti from SiriusXM. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Welcome, Welcome, welcome back to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad the Mark with Mr. Brown and Canadian Biggie, who always says something in a funny voice, but we're glad to have everyone here with us. And we had a guest that you're going to hear from here shortly come to us from Sunny, California. She is a Serious XM fantasy football guru, so to speak. Now, Mr. Brown, you weren't part of that interview with us, but. She kind of crapped all over your Mahomes pick in the first round.
1: I mean, like I said earlier, everyone wants to crap all over it, but every draft I've been in, he's a first-round pick, and it's not its not even close. Everyone wants to say he's like 25, 26. It ain't happening. If that's the case, where would you have picked him next after me?
0: I mean, I, I clearly wouldn't have picked him. Obviously, he would have. <laughs> Number eight, right? I think you only picked him because you thought I was going to pick him.
1: No, it was either him or Kamara, and I've been running back every year for the last 20 years. So I'm like, you know what? If Mahomes is healthy, I'm going to ride with him, and I'm going to go all the way to the championship.
0: I did receive glowing endorsement for actually going running back heavy, though. And she was really high on my Jacobs pick. I mean, that that should say something.
2: She'd be someone worth following after we're done here. You get her info because we've been doing fantasy football for twenty years. We're hardcore into it. Uh after only giving her three or four picks from our first round, she basically she rained us the out. Board. Yeah, <laughs> she's on point.
1: No, yeah, she obviously knows her stuff, and that's obvious. But she was obviously being nice to Chad and Mark because he's planning to finish tenth like every other year. She was like gloating about his picks because she was trying to be nice. So.
0: I did not finish tenth last year. What was you? Seven.
2: All right. Sorry.
1: Ouch. He's in the consolation bracket every
0: year. Not every year. I was in the playoffs two years ago.
2: When you say I was in the playoffs two years ago, that's the guy who's been relevant once in seven seasons.
0: Oh, shut up. We just let you win. I mean, here, here's the
2: deal. You know what? Whether you let me win or I earn it, I get the money and I'm happy. Here's the
1: deal. Unlike Chad, I've realized that I've won a lot, but it's been early on before money was involved. So now I went with a bold strategy, Cotton. I drafted Mahomes in the seventh pick.
2: Let's so, see if it pays off
1: exactly so like instead of saying I'm gonna I've done this or I've done that, guess what this year is this year because guess what I haven't what I've done in the past isn't working so I'm changing it up. I have self-development needs here and I'm exercising <laughs> them,
2: and Chad refuses to do that.
1: No, I am who I am and I will not change for the likes of you, damn it. Chad's the smartest guy
0: in the room
2: he knows it we just need to know Just
1: it. ask me, I'll tell you. Anyway, heaven forbid he, he starts out one and zero and he starts making videos about everybody. <laughs> you know it's coming. <laughs> if
0: there's anything I can do, it's talk crap. I can't I can't win, but I can at least act like it. We hope you enjoyed the interview. Here's Jennifer from SiriusXM. Listen to what she's got to say. She is ten times smarter than us. I'm impressed by the depth of knowledge she has. And if you're into fantasy baseball, she's all about that too. But when you find out who her favorite team is, don't hold it against her. Hey everybody, before you check out this interview with Jennifer Piachanti, if you're anything like Chad the Mark, you've put off some of those summer projects, maybe you're in the need of refreshing something inside or outside your home. Well, if painting, pressure washing, or anything like that is on the agenda, we have somebody that can help you out. It is Affordable Pressure Wash and Paint located here in the Canal Valley. They've been serving customers since 2008, where they put God and family at the heart of everything they do. They strive for 100% customer satisfaction, and we're confident that if you give them an opportunity to do so, you'll join the Long list of customers that they've been taking care of for several, several years. You can call them today for a free estimate, and they definitely look forward to taking care of you as a customer. You can find them on the web at affordablepaintingwv.com and reach them by telephone at 681-319-5132. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now all the way from Sunny California is Jennifer Piacenti. Did I get that right, Jennifer?
3: You got it so right. Congratulations. Uh, Most people don't get it right the first time I'm out. So, Jennifer, we brought you on the
0: show because we've already done our fantasy football draft. We know a lot of people are out there doing uh, you know, their thing right now. We're in the middle of our baseball season, too, and you got your hand in a lot of different, you know, items right now as far as fantasy sports go. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what all you do.
3: Yeah, it's it's Awesome. I am a radio host at SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. I'm on every Friday night. It's 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. Eastern Time, and I also guest a lot on the Fantasy Alarm Show, which is 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and we talk about fantasy football, fantasy baseball, all of that. I'm also an analyst over at Fantasy Alarm. I do both the Jim Bowden MLB Draft Guide work and and NFL, and then I also have a podcast that just started two weeks ago called Sticks and Stacks, and and It's myself, Chris Meany, giving you baseball props every week, and then Eric Young, the wrestler, um, he gives right. you NHL. Yeah, it's really cool. He's really cool, by the way, guys. Like a really great guy. Uh, he gives you NHL props each week, so we do that twice a week. I'd love it if you guys check it out on iTunes and Spotify. It's called Sticks and Stacks, and we give you player props to play at Monkey Knife Fight, as well as like game lines, or sports wagering. And I also have something that I can't quite talk about yet, but I'm gonna tease it. Something really exciting for fantasy football starting next week. So awesome, keep your eyes peeled. Awesome.
0: Yeah. That, that sounds great. And I gotta tell you a little personal thing about myself. I'm I'm a bit of a wrestling mark. So I I love the the art of entertainment that is professional wrestling. And I I've followed Eric Young for a long time. No,
3: Eric. He's and, awesome. And,
0: and of course he's doing hockey because he is Canadian. Yep. Um, but I am glad to see him, you know, kind of back on the N D C and doing his thing. But Uh, I always thought he's one of those guys. I just wish you'd get more time in front of the camera. He's fantastic.
3: He is fantastic. Really good guy. And I'm trying to convince him to get into baseball, but it's, it's kind of an uphill battle. (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, I'm sure he's got a lot going on, but you know what? You can teach him. It'll be all right.
3: Yeah, I can teach him. Exactly. So
0: let me ask you this. So being in the world of fantasy sports, you know, this year, at least for us, this has been very difficult as we've tried to plan around our different, you know, fantasy events that we do. We've already had our football draft. And I know, like, we even had somebody in our league who's been in it every year since, you know, 1999 that actually, you know, opted out because of COVID this year. So, like, it's even affecting us. So how has it been for someone like you when your job is to try to be that – expert that you know and that analysts that we're getting where we see everything is supposed to happen but now you got training camps that are all screwed up we see what happened with the baseball season being a bridge the way it is like how difficult has this made your job
3: it's been incredibly difficult um you know with baseball, even let's just start there. Like how many injuries are we going to see? Forget COVID-19. We've already had canceled games and all of that is a mess. And of course, our advice there is always, you know, if players have games to make up and you can pick them up on the waiver wire and add at bat, sometimes you can do that. So there's ways around it that you can use strategy, but as far as predicting injury, that's the hardest thing. And one of the things we did kind of get ahead on is we kind of figured that pitchers, that pitch to control and command might have a little trouble because they had such a shortened training camp to ramp up. So those guys, we thought maybe don't value them as high. And now they're starting to lock in right now. They're starting to hit their stride. Now you can pick them up, make trades for them. So there's just, it's just a different set of rules. It's made it really tricky because I mean, look, Christian Yellich isn't even batting 200. No. Christian <laughs> Yellich. So, and you know, in a full season, we wouldn't be batting an eye. We'd be like, oh, he's in a little bit of a slump. But you can't slump for 30 games in a 60-game season. That's half the season. So it's really tricky trying to keep people from spite dropping. Now, as far as NFL goes, the one advantage we have is we have a little bit of a roadmap from the baseball season as to what we could expect. So we can start setting up our leagues to plan for extra IR spots, for maybe just extra bench spots and just kind of know that it's possible that you may lose a few guys and don't see it as an indictment as your ability as a fantasy player. And I'm trying to tell myself it's not an indictment (laughs) on me as a fantasy analyst that the St. Louis Cardinals haven't played very many games. Like you can't control that. So I think it's just a little bit uh, giving yourself a bit of a break, but trying to be as smart as you can, try to use these things to your advantage in any way you can to try to bring home the championship.
0: Yeah, I'm a little upset today because I have Garrett Cole starting and they're playing the Braves. And our other host, who is too busy watching the Braves beat the Yankees right now, is dancing in the background. But I, I'm, I'm playing him this week. He's a Braves fan. I got Garrett Cole. He's been 20 straight wins and, you know, he just he, he did that. You have
3: that. to, but, you know, Ronald Acuna comes back and, like, homers, you know, right away, which, again, makes people feel better because they drafted him early and they've been without him. Um, I actually took the over on the run total on this game. There was a line that the run total was six and a half. And I thought,
0: well, you're good now.
3: Am I good? What happened? Okay, six, good. Six, it was like at, six was to five. one. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> bringing home the big dollars. Listen to sticks and stacks.
0: <laughs> See, I, I'm taking notes here because, you know, we like to make money. Yeah. So that that's important.
3: Yeah. Money's good
0: <laughs> with, with the way we did our baseball draft. You know, we we have a couple extra slots that uh, are on the uh, I guess injured list now because of the covid thing. So that's helped out a lot. So when you look at NFL, you know, we're trying to determine what's going to be the best course of action for our season this year. You know, what what do you think is probably, you know, acceptable as far as you know, we're in a 12 team league. So like, should we do injured spots? We've never done that before.
3: So what I would do and what I like is what my GST league is doing. Um, and that's a league with a lot of other like pros and it's a little, you know, high buy-in is just have nine bench spots. Don't even make an IR. Just give enough bench spots that you just have to deal with injuries, how you deal with them. And then it's not so complicated because you don't have to worry about that sneaky guy that's going to pick up someone just to put them on the IR and kind of, you know, try to circumvent the system because of COVID nineteen. I would just add a few bench spots and make it and make it like that just for this season.
2: Just expand the rosters for one season. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like in the Yahoo leagues where there's three, four spots for injured. They have two utility spots. Just yep. we typically do eighteen round draft in our league. So you have those those bench spots as it is, but you could just build in two more.
3: That's kind of how I feel like is the best way to kind of like bridge both worlds, you know?
0: Cause, 'cause the way we do it, it, it we're we're traditionalists, we don't do p p r or anything like that, and we redraft every year, but we we do one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers tight end kicker defense, so we don't do any flex, and the reason why is in a twelve team league for us, it makes that waiver wire so dicey like there it's garbage left right now, like when you're looking at trying who to pick up, it's just like ah, it's so bad,
3: yeah, i mean it's I I like that you guys are traditionalists actually. I'm kind of like, I'm not a fan of all the super flex stuff. Yes. Them, I'm totally with you, and people are like, "But why? Quarterbacks are the most important players on the field, and fantasy doesn't work like that." I'm like, "Yeah, but you don't play with two quarterbacks. You do play with three wide receivers and two running backs in a game many times. You don't play with two quarterbacks. I mean, I don't know unless you're like New Orleans, <laughs> right. but
0: right. I still get upset that we tried to that we had a vote on if kickers should get more points for uh, forty and fifty yard field goals, and I'm adamantly against that. Yeah, my, my reasoning is, how much does it count whenever they make it? And
2: it's always three. Damn it. Don't change it. It's pissing Exactly.
3: Me I hate it. <laughs> I like that too. I'm a bit of a traditionalist myself.
2: Let's do one oddball or outlier in our draft as far as how we do our league and traditional setup. I have a question for you. If you were to come into our league, no PPR, three wide receivers, what would be your strategy going into it? What would you target depending on uh, first two, three, four rounds? Where would you try would, to build your roster?
3: I would definitely try to get uh, two running backs in those first three rounds. Um, and, I would try to target wide receivers that I think will get red zone targets, you know, cause there is a difference. Like, touchdowns Thomas, matter. <laughs> yep. Yeah, touchdowns matter. That to me says someone like Adam Thielen actually. It's probably going to be a bargain because people are going to look at last year's stats and be like, Oh, this guy was terrible. 10 games, blah, 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 blah. But he's actually red zone dominant. If you look at his six, six games before he got injured, he had six touchdowns and he has the catch radius, the root running ability, the size. This guy's going to be healthy again. He's never missed an NFL game before last season ever in his six year career. So people like that would go up my board. So it's not the short passes, you know, people like Jameson Crowder, the slot receivers, not as valuable as the ones I think are going to be the red zone targets and a running backs. You need them and you need workhorse running backs. And that means that Josh Jacobs would be more valuable to me than say a Miles Sanders.
0: That's who I have. I picked him up in the second round. <laughs> so I, I listened to your advice, apparently, because I, I ended up snagging Devontae Adams in the first round, but then my next three picks were all running backs.
3: Nice. I was just yeah, trying who'd to let you get? So who'd I have get?
0: Jacobs, Gordon, love and it. Connor.
3: Okay, so you have two guys. Uh, Gordon, I think, will be good. And Connor, of course, is an injury risk. However, if you got him in the third round, that's fantastic. I got him in the fourth fantastic. round. Fourth round. Oh, even better, because if he stays healthy, he's a top 10 running back
0: so where where should Mahomes go? We know he's the overall quarterback that everyone wants and you know I, is he a fir- is he first round is he second no. round?
3: No, not in the, not in your scoring, um, and not in the way you play quarterback. People should wait on quarterbacks. They just should. Um, in a super flex league, I understand why they go early. However, you have to follow the room, right? If somebody in your league deems Patrick Holmes second round worthy, then you have to start switching your strategy. You can't like stay stuck to it. But there's so many talented quarterbacks you can get late. Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, Ben Roethlisberger could have a big comeback year. All of these guys. And then the guy that took Patrick Mahomes just passed on who knows. Maybe he just passed on Ezekiel Elliott.
0: <laughs> well, or Nick Mah- Chuck, Mahomes right? went seventh overall in our draft.
3: Okay, so he passed on Derrick Henry probably.
0: He went six, actually.
3: <laughs> he went six. So he, so he passed on, yeah, Nick Chubb. I mean, yeah, Chubb,
0: Kamara. I mean, just, yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. a lot of guys. Yeah, and I
3: don't, I don't think I want to do that. I think I'd rather not have a second-round running back. I think I'd rather have a first-round running back and a later-round quarterback. I mean, you can probably still get Dak Prescott or Russell Wilson at least in the fifth or sixth round.
2: Yeah, Dak, Dak went in the fifth round. Dak's going to be – Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. went second round as it's nice that he does run the ball and get those stats as well. Although when you're yeah. a smaller stature, you can only get hit so many times before your second round picks sitting on the IR.
3: Yeah. I love Lamar Jackson, but I'm just still nervous about people putting too many eggs in that basket.
0: Yeah. So in our, in our draft last year, I think someone took him in what the 15th round yep. and, and pl- ended up playing him all year. And, you know, ended yeah. up going to the – I don't think he won it all, but he made he it pretty far. The championship so game. so I, I'm trying to see if I can strike lightning here with uh, Tua. I picked him up real late in the in the draft as the next to last round. And he may not even play. I don't know how the hip is, but if he could turn out to be anything like him or Kyler Murray has been in the past, then maybe, maybe yeah. it's
3: something. I
1: don't
3: know. Yeah, I mean, I think when you get to the late rounds of your draft, all you do is draft upside. You don't want to draft guys that are like, right. you know – Frank Gore, you know, maybe he'll have a solid floor. Like, you're not going to get any upside from Frank Gore, but you could get a lot of upside from Tua. You could get a lot of upside from, I don't know, Antonio Gibson maybe because we don't know what they're doing with the running back situation in Washington. So right. you just take all those shots late, and then that's kind of how you win your league because, like you said, Mark Jackson wasn't going second round last year. Neither was Darren Waller,
2: no. right? <laughs> he won
3: a lot of people's leagues. Well,
2: speaking of tight ends, and you had talked before about – Fall in the room, fantasy projections, who's going to get more red zone targets? As a lifelong Patriots fan and a huge homer, I watched uh, Tom Brady and Robert Gronkowski move down south to Tampa Bay. My question is, Gronk, as they've said, he looks great this year. Looks like he did four or five years ago. For a fantasy projection in that offense where he's going to see single coverage, no offseason, Brady, do you think that he's going to be a much better than projected fantasy player this year?
3: Um, I mean, he absolutely could be, I think he's probably going to be around between finish around the eighth best tight end would, how I would guess. Um, yeah, I mean, we know he has chemistry with Tom Brady. We know he's his favorite target and we know that Tom Brady doesn't really like working with rookies. Or new people. <laughs> right, being said, yeah. Mike Evans has come out saying, you know, Tom, he's one of the greatest. He's trying to make me one of the greatest. I believe that there's a lot of joy right now in their clubhouse. And I think they're excited and I think they have something to fight for. And I think he will be more generous this time around. Cause he's not fighting with Bill Belichick and he's, you know, they're letting him do what he wants to do. But yeah, I, I think Gronkowski he could be good, but he could also get injured. So that's the thing with Gronkowski.
0: Well, I've already seen where they they showed him sucking wind down there in camp. He's he's having trouble dealing with the Florida heat. All the
3: humidity, time. yeah.
0: <laughs> with all the players that are opting out, has that been an extra challenge for you whenever it comes to trying to prepare for some of these mock drafts or doing actual drafts, or has it been kind of few I mean, and far between?
3: It's kind of made it easier. I mean, obviously, the biggest one was the Williams opt-out out out of Kansas City because now, all of a sudden, everyone's like, all right, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, they drafted him in the first round. This kid's going to, you know, eat it up. It's going to be great. Um, So I think that – and now he's going first round in most fantasy drafts. Yeah, he went fourth overall
0: for us. Fourth overall. Fourth
3: overall. See, to me, that's too high. I, I agree. I think that's a little bit too much helium. Like, you're going to draft him ahead of Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry, the leading rusher for last year. I can't <laughs> do it. Um, you must be looking at our draft board because
2: you're, you're, hot.
0: you're like giving us <laughs> the order we drafted. Um, really? <laughs> that's awesome.
2: Well, the guy that took Hilarious drafted a rookie running back in the first round three years in a row. He went four net Cook. So he's the guy that always wants to be higher on him. But I agree. Hilarious there at 10 or 12, you can get Kamara, Chubb, Cook, Henry. proven commodity. Yes,
1: exactly.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's what I would do. I would stick with the floor there and not do ceiling early. That's And that's generally like, also with Jonathan Taylor, that's another one that Marvin Marlon Mack isn't gone yet. So I see him going a little too early in drafts, in my opinion. That being said, Jonathan Taylor could definitely help you win your league. So it's all just like you get there and you kind of just judge, like what's your room doing, how they're feeling. I actually was in a 14-team league uh, draft on Monday, and I had the number one pick, so I took Christian McCaffrey. Right. And then when it it was PPR, when it came all the way back around to me, I did take Jonathan Taylor there, which is something which which to be honest, that's also the third round, right? Second and third are the same pick at that point, because you're on the wheel. But um, I thought I don't have any shares of him. I think he could be a league winner. I know that the first week of fantasy playoffs, Christian McCaffrey will be on bye. and I think by then Jonathan Taylor will have taken over the backfield and I think he's going to have a lot of upside. So I'm going to go ahead and take him because there's no way he's making it back to me. Normally, I would say don't take Jonathan Taylor in the second round. But in that instance, so, you know, it's all case by case basis.
0: So you, you mentioned the bye game there, you know, and that's something like in the past I've tried to look at not over the past couple of years. I'm just like, I don't even care anymore. I'll just pass on the byes yeah. But the fact that it's in the playoffs, wow, that would be terrible.
3: Yeah, it's the first week of good playoffs. And I, again, it doesn't keep me from drafting Christian McCaffrey. I, he's still my 1.01, especially in PPR. However, on my second pick, since you get those two in a row, I make sure to get the best running back available and a wide receiver or whatever, or Mark Andrews or whoever's there. I don't go to wide receivers because I definitely want to make sure I at least have a pretty good running back for that first week of the playoffs, if I need to play, if I don't already have a playoff bye? Because you got to think positive. You probably will have the playoff bye, right?
0: <laughs> of course. I mean, that's
2: what I'm thinking. I'm
0: <laughs> uh, so, last question around just drafting and how it's been impacting and whatnot. So, without having a preseason, does that change yeah. your approach at all? Does that make it more difficult or more easy? How is that affecting what you're looking at without any preseason games?
3: I mean, it's – it just makes me think that there might be more injury and that's about it. As far as preseason games, they don't usually let the veterans play that much anyway. And it, it doesn't really reflect the team they put on the field. So it's, it's not messing it up that much, but you know, there's new rules now where a lot of these teams aren't letting reporters say what's going on. So right. we don't know, <laughs> like, you know, the Packers are releasing nothing from camp. We saw Devonte Adams leave last week um, and we were all worried and he came back, but we have no information because they're not giving it to us. So you're definitely drafting based on historical stats and what you project, not on what you're seeing in preseason games. So I'm
0: trying to and avoid is- the rookies. I just can't. I don't know. <laughs>
3: right. Oh, work, rookie wide receivers to me, like they, they can't go to, you just can't take them early because they're not going to have the time, you know, running backs. I'm a little more okay with like, you know, like a Clyde Edwards, helaire that's a special situation. Cam Akers now with Daryl Henderson injured, probably going to leave that backfield. So I'm okay with them going a little early ish, but you know, going out and taking Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs in the third, fourth round, fifth round. No, I mean, I know they're fantastic talents, but, and CD lamb's a fantastic talent, but you got to realize it takes time to develop that chemistry. Yeah.
2: Absolutely, and someone like C.D. Lamb, you look at the system you go into and the other weapons that are there. You're a rookie; you, you didn't get the off season, so it's going to be a month, five, six weeks into the season before you start developing consistent, consi- yeah, chemistry. He can't be right. your starter. <laughs> yeah, you're, if right, you're on right, a pick that exactly. high, it's got to be on a starter. I agree. So,
0: how many fantasy football leagues are you in? <laughs> Too many. <laughs> if you had to, if you had to guess,
3: I think I'm in only like nine, actually, which isn't the worst. That I would, would rather it be ah. like four. Actually, it might be like ten or. I okay, can see. Serious. One, two. Let me see how many I've done. I've already done three drafts, and I have three, four. Oh no, I've already done five drafts, <laughs> and I have at least. Yeah, I have nine right now.
2: Are any of those? So it nine will
3: probably be more leagues.
0: Yeah, any keeper leagues.
3: Only one. Okay. So so
0: is that like the sacred one for you? That's your, is that your favorite league?
3: It's my first year to do it. It's a dynasty startup league. So we'll see. I mean, for baseball, like I have only one keeper league. And so, yeah, that's the one that's, you know, but then I have another redraft. Actually, I shouldn't say that it's my favorite. I have two favorite baseball leagues. They're tied. Okay,
0: we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. They're
3: tied. They're (laughs) tied. All
0: right, so now that we've kind of talked about all this, let me just ask you, who are your squads? Who do you represent? Who's your favorite baseball team? Who's your favorite football team?
3: So I'm ready for the boo hiss. I'm prepared, but my baseball team is the Houston Astros. Oh, Yeah, I know. I know. I know guys, but like, I'm a fan. I didn't know. Like, so, uh, I was at the 2017 world series. It was really mm. special. My dad and I were there you know, so anyway, a- Interview's so,
0: over. I'm just kidding. I know.
3: Right. I know. But yeah, I'm an Astros <laughs> fan and you can't, I feel like you can't just change your allegiance. Um, I'm, I appreciate I that bandwagon fan wagging or jumping off the bandwagon, you know? So, and um, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Okay.
0: So that's, a, that's that Texas roots. That's the know. Texas
3: roots. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, well, now that works. So I, I guess I didn't hear too much favoritism. I mean, she had some love for Dak Prescott, but that's yeah. reasonable. You know, he, he threw the ball a lot last year. He'll do well this year. So
2: I, I believe we got some good unbiased <laughs> analyst here. That, that's, that's good. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, I really try.
2: <laughs> we talked running backs, and she didn't just go all in on Zeke nonstop. It was McCaffrey, right? And other guys, Dalvin Cook, and yeah, okay. You
3: know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. That, that
2: is a steal in round five or six. So. You passed the test. Congratulations! All right,
3: thank you. Are
0: Are you going to go do any wrestling shows with Eric Young? At least go watch anything. I know he's. I think he's I, back with uh, Impact
3: Wrestling. Yeah, I believe so. Um, I, I hope so in the future. Once we get out of all this like safer at home quarantine stuff, right? I'm ready to go back out in the real world. Then. Go to ball games.
0: Yeah, I look. Yeah. I had opening day tickets for baseball season, and that obviously didn't happen. I'm still been depressed. Yeah, time. yeah. It, it is what it is. Hey Jennifer, we appreciate you giving us a, a few minutes here today. I know we've already done our fantasy football draft, but hopefully for people out there listening, you know, they're going to take some advice and take some tips from you. And if they didn't get enough out of the interview, they yeah. can find you at a, a myriad of places. So give yeah. everybody one more time. Where can they get some tips and advice from you at?
3: Uh, I write and do videos for Fantasy Alarm. That's FantasyAlarm.com. You can also listen to me on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio on Friday nights 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. Eastern Time. You can download that from the app and listen on demand because I know that's super late. Uh, And you can also stream online. In addition to that I have a baseball podcast called Sticks and Stacks. Comes out every Friday. Gives you some good wagers for the weekend. Um, That's on iTunes and Spotify. And guys, you know, you can always follow me on Twitter at Jen Piacenti, J-E-N-P-I-A-C-E-N-T-I. I'm always putting out information there and answering questions if people have them as well.
0: Well, there you have it, everybody. Jennifer, thank you so much. And we look forward to hopefully getting you back on the show sometime in the future. Okay.
3: Thanks for having me, guys. So the highlight of the day for me
0: is definitely talking to Jennifer because we got to talk about sports and things that are relative to sports and fantasy and all these different things. But man, it's Wednesday, August 26th, and the world is upside down. Now, I'm going to say, and you guys can agree or disagree with me, we do our best not to make things
2: quote-unquote political with the show. Is that fair to say? Uh, we try hard, but at this point in Sports Nation in our world, it's kind of hard not to tie the two together. I know there
0: are things that are screwed up in this world. But now we're facing down the barrel of the gun, looking at the NBA has decided they're postponing games. We've seen it in baseball today. And and I understand there was a shooting that happened in Wisconsin that has nothing to do with sports. Yet here it is affecting us, you know, because we're, we're, look, not experts on social justice, We're not going to tell you what's right or wrong as far as what's happening in America. We're not going to tell you to vote for Biden. We're not going to tell you to vote for Trump because this is a sports podcast. But we have been, our hands have been forced. Like, we're at the point now where we have no choice but to talk about this crap because you're taking games away from us in the sake of protest. And my question to you guys is, what
1: the hell are they going to accomplish by protesting these games? All it is is we're not getting to watch it. They're obviously not accomplishing anything. I mean, because they're just sitting here. And they, the, the the Bucks didn't come out on the floor, right? Okay. And then the other team was warming up, and then I don't remember who they were playing because it's irrelevant because the Bucks Ooh. were moving on. <laughs> magic. The magic, magic. Sorry, the Magic were warming up, and they were they left right before tip off. That's fine. But then NBA announced they're canceling or postponing all the games for today. What are we really uh, protesting? Because like now, no one's losing salaries, no one's doing this or that. So just we postponed the games until a further date, and I guess we're just going to wait and see.
2: So nothing actually happened today because no one lost a game, no one won a game, no one lost a game check. Nothing actually happened today with the NBA. Now, if they really want something to happen, they announce there's going to be an NBA special meeting of the Board of Governors Thursday morning maybe they'll make a decision from there to cancel the rest of their season and try to make an effort within their communities but what they did today is a simple stunt and accomplished nothing
1: I agree with you 100% like the bucks are up 3 to 1 you're sitting out today it should be 3 to 2 magic won the game eh. and then we're going to see what happens from here on out because that's a true forfeit right they ain't, ain't like that's what it should
2: be that's the reason that the games became postponed was because The team accepting the forfeit, in this case, the Magic, would not accept the forfeit. So neither team actually lost or won anything.
1: And where's Adam Silver in all this? Have you heard a public statement from Adam Silver? I I can't say I've seen one. But So really what we're saying
0: is this is virtue signaling. Because you didn't really sacrifice anything professionally. You didn't take a pay cut. You didn't lose a game. Out on the front lines. So, look, I get it. If you're upset about what happened, I 100% understand that. My point is, though, what is this accomplishing?
2: It hasn't done jacks yet.
0: Like, I don't don't understand. Like, I get that you're upset, and, and that's fine. If you want to cancel the whole NBA season, that's fine. But what does that change? Like, I need someone to come out and tell me what you want to specifically see changed other than you don't want people to be racist. Like, I get that. We don't want people to be
2: racist. But, like, if we cancel our podcast, that isn't going to change it. The shooting that happened in Milwaukee, here's the thing. The Bucs were the first team to forfeit, led by Giannis. Okay, you know what? The Bucs can right now, whether they decide to postpone the rest of the games or not, say, we're done with this season. We're going back to the state of Wisconsin. We're going to go out into the community and see if we can make a difference. That is a statement. That is what you do if you really want to see change. I agree 100%. Let's just cancel the NBA season now,
1: and let's get on the front lines. Let's make a change, whatever change that needs to be, and, let, and we'll start at the NBA again in November, December, whenever we think we need to start it. But get, get out there. Let's do it. The NBA season needs to be canceled, and let's just go from there.
2: Dude, Dame Lillard's one of the most outspoken players in the league, and he's one of the guys I love because he, he gets real with you about how basketball isn't really a job. It's more of a lifestyle. And there's a guy out there who cleans a gym that really has the hard life, What's going on in Portland? Dame, stand up, start within your own community and build outward. Well, the, the problem is
0: people were upset. And and here's and I'm not trying to be judgmental toward the NBA or the NBA players, but being lectured by millionaires who live an affluent lifestyle is not really conducive to fixing whatever perceived problems are out there. It's not. And, and the thing is. Like, we just want to talk about sports. That's all we want to do. And it, it, it really depresses me that we're having a podcast and this is what we have to talk about is because the games have been taken away. And that's fine. You know, we're good at talking about things in the past. We got a coach's bracket coming out to determine the best coach of all time. And has that not been one of the best things we've had out this week? And we haven't even started the voting yet.
1: We love our bracket.
0: Because people love to talk about sports. I understand the climate in 2020 is everyone has an opinion and you need to hear it but the problem is when people disagree now you're evil if you're on the other side.
2: Yeah there's, there's 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 no middle ground there's no two people with different views who come to a mutual agreement or a mutual disagreement and can still respect each other. You believe the way I do or you're 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 a loser.
0: So the 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 point of protesting is when you see an injustice so my my holy thing that I can't understand is as far as i'm aware there is an investigation they are going to see exactly what happened so at this point what what are you protesting against like i understand something tragic potentially has happened you didn't want to see an unarmed person get shot we don't know the details of the entire story yet we don't know if he's unarmed no we I, so you just wait like what what's happened to the world where we can't just sit back and wait on facts to come out before we jump to conclusions, because now you got people rioting in the streets and you got people shooting each other and all kinds of nonsense.
2: You have a ton of social media warriors with uh, confirmation bias who as soon as they see a situation, already have determined why it happened, where it happened, when it happened, how it happened, and they're going to... Proceed in that way right. Without waiting for any facts this,
0: this isn't a right wing or left wing thing It's not about Republicans or Democrats Because look If if you're on one side you can sit there and cite How this guy has a record Or blah 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 and that's why this is what happened And the other side can sit there and talk about How he didn't have anything and if it was a white person That would happen. I understand all that Like everyone can make a stance and everyone Has an argument. Why can't we just Wait? Why can't we just Let the facts happen and if it's wrong, you have every right to protest, and you should. And there's still a difference between protesting and rioting. When you're burning down cars at a dealership that has signs up to say "Black Lives Matter," I'm really confused about what you're trying to
1: accomplish. You're not letting people in even the gas station.
0: It, it makes no sense to me. And for the NBA and Major League Baseball, who canceled games today too. Like, I don't even understand what you're trying to do other than trying to appease a mob mentality around a certain bracket of people. Like, this is insane to me. Like, sports is what we used to use as an escape, and we don't have that right now, because now the, the public atmosphere, the political atmosphere has been forced down our throat. So... And again, initially, I don't care if the NBA wants to put things on their jerseys or things on their court. It's their league; they can do whatever they want. But what happens when you only allow it for some and not all? You start to get a narrative created, and you've backed yourself in a corner. And really, you got no other option than to cancel games because the players are telling you what to do. And the and the reality is, the NBA has nothing to do with all this other stuff that's happening. There's simply just a game being played athletes that are millionaires that have no skin of the game of this as far as i'm concerned
2: they're just talking heads someone that gives a line reads it off teleprompter it's essentially what they are because here's the thing if you have blm painted on the court you're playing on which is racial equality fight against injustice but there is not an outcry or suspension when luca donka is called a bitch ass white boy oh it's okay he apologized the next day you are setting yourselves up for what people like me are going to say. You're about where your money is, and that's it. Let's be
1: clear we're not uh, like we're not making this the same as using the n word, right? But let's say he that, was
2: defined by the color, of his skin by another man. Let's say
1: that his opponent said, or Lucas said to his opponent, "Bitch ass black boy," and that's exact same thing. Okay, only he didn't say white, right? How much outcry would it be for Luca to be suspended the rest of the season and internet would be losing their minds right now? But now we're going to accept a simple apology. Oh, my bad, bro. I was cut up in the moment and uh, we're just going to let the games play on and then we're going to do our thing. That's not acceptable to me. They've got to make an example out of him and say, you want equality, you know, either you want equality or put bitch-ass white, uh, white boy hater on your jersey and let's call it a season. <laughs> So and the thing is, this is not an American thing, because if we want to talk about how
0: America is this horrible institution, Luca is not from the United States. You know, so we we got to look at that differently. The thing the thing for me is regardless, like if you don't want that language, just take it out altogether. I think you're right. You know, if you're going to have that type of talk. But here's the thing. An apology should be enough. It should be no matter what sides, no matter what side it's on. And I understand there's going to be people that listen to this and we're just three white guys talking about it. I understand I don't have that perspective, but what my perspective can give you right now is I am about equality. I am about trying to keep everybody on the same playing field right now. So when we, when we make exceptions because the roles are reversed, it's not constructive. It doesn't help. And like, I don't, I don't want to be called a bitch ass white boy and I'm never going to call anybody else that either. I don't understand why this has become the narrative, though, for sports. Why we can't just talk about the game? Why is it every time we turn on ESPN, the first thing they want to talk about, and every time that we have a player in a post-game press conference, the questions aren't about the game. It's going to be about whatever happened, you know, in, in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Why is that where we're at? Why are these the experts?
2: Uh, Because it's just like with the Hollywood elites, they are people who have a platform, so their opinion somehow means more, even though more times than not, they're uneducated on what they're discussing.
0: And I'm going to tell you straight up, if an investigation concludes that some bad stuff happened and these police acted in a bad way and not just going off of a 10 second video. And you know, it's funny, every time a day passes, more video comes out, more information. Let's say the investigation ends and then you know, the cops did something terrible and then they didn't get prosecuted. And Yeah, riot the hell, whatever you need to do because that's wrong. You know, if, if there's something that should have happened and didn't, you have every right to be upset. But this whole thing about jumping the gun and let's go ahead and make these statements now, like what are you even protesting against? Like it's not the same thing to me. And you're creating a narrative that drives the point home that all you care about is putting out this, this effort that you're against anything that I, I don't even know how to say it. I, I'm just, I'm beyond frustrated because we're at a point now where we're knee-jerk reactions. We're trying to do everything based off of the first amount of evidence that comes in. We don't know how to have patience. We don't know how to wait. And everybody who disagrees with the other side is a villain. It doesn't matter what side of the argument you're on here.
2: When you instantly jump to it's okay, like we just said, bitch-ass white boy i go to what terry cruz said he said he'd die on this hill black lives matter can't become black lives better and when it's acceptable to say that about luca but if had it been reversed and he said about montrancero he'd have been suspended that is what you were angling towards and that's not equality and that's not working together as a nation
1: (laughs) i don't know how to follow that up for the record guys this is mr brown all right so I don't care what color your skin is. I just care if you're an asshole or not. And if you're an <laughs> asshole, I don't want to speak to you. But if you're not, guess what? Come to the man cave, have a beer with us, have a good time, and l- let's talk sports. That's where I'm at. I don't care who you are, what you are. Don't be an asshole. You know, that, that's it. But,
0: I mean, we're just frustrated that we can't talk about the NBA playoffs. I, my Reds are pl- were supposed to play tonight. I can't watch it. You know, and and like, I can't do anything to change that. These games being canceled aren't going to do anything to change anything else either. So I feel like it's just an exercise in virtue signaling. I really do. So like, what are we, where do we go from here? Like every time something bad happens, like, I mean, and is it only based around certain criteria? Like there's a lot of bad things that happen in this world. Like where do you draw the line on what's acceptable to protest and stop games and what's not? If Joe Paterno thing happened right now and we found out that, you know, there was this tragedy that happened with all these young children. Like, do we just cancel college football for the rest of the season? Is that an acceptable response now? Does it change anything that happened? No. So, I I mean, can't we use sports as a way to heal? Can't we have our brothers on the court and on the field hugging each other and giving – I know it's COVID, but you know what I mean. High five, hug, tap the hats, whatever it is. Just show that we have some unity. Let these guys be an example of how we're supposed to treat each other. Remember when we were kids and we looked up at our athletes as role models? Until Charles Barkley said he's not a role model. And he's right. We shouldn't hold athletes in the
1: ideology that they're sacred and holier than thou. But that's where we're at now. You you hit the nail on the head. We've made these athletes what they are. They're heroes, right? Yep. We grew up. We had heroes, right? You had M&J. Dominique, whoever your hero was. We done that as fans. And we, we failed the nation, really, as kids. Because here's where we're at. You have these heroes, in quotation marks, parentheses, whatever you want to I call them. I see the air quotes. So, they're playing a sport for a living. who all, A child's game. All of us would love to do. And we made them heroes, right? Police officers, firefighters. We have teachers. We have critical people getting paid in this country, to raise our youth, right? They make a fraction of what these heroes make. And we've made it that way. Because we go to the games, we subscribe to whatever we need to subscribe to, or season ticket holders, we follow now their podcasts or their fan clubs or whatever. We feed into the machine. My point is, you have these groups of people, these, these athletes that think that they're above the law. Right, they do, and you have. I'm. I'm gonna focus in on the police officers. Okay, I'm, I know I'm a little windy. We were talking about this earlier, though, right? But you have the police officers who I feel, even right now, the majority genuinely want to do the right thing. But guess what? They make what on average? It depends on where you're at, but you know, thirty to fifty thousand a year. So maybe? you're starting out thirty to fifty k a year, like so. That's probably the guy. He wasn't going to go in the military. He wasn't going to go to college and get a four year degree. He's like, I'm going to roll in the police academy and I'm going to see what happens, right? And he goes, stick his chest out. And that's probably what's going to happen. Really badass. So here's a solution, guys. With your taxpayer dollars, let's do like 80 to 100K. Let's make this a job to where you have four year college graduates coming out of college and saying, I'm going to join the police force. Because not because only because they want to, because guess what? You're going to get paid well to do it, right? So now, even though they're making hundred grand a year, which is a fraction of the $400 million James Harden is going to make over the life of this contract, you get a better quality of people. And guess what? The police force gets to choose on a uh, – they have a group here of people they can pick from. They have – Right, you have a talent pool. A talent pool to pick from. No, I, I get what you're saying. Let's not have
0: a – a, a random workforce of people. Because, like, like, I know in our state.
2: You take you, who you can get.
0: You have to go to school longer to be a barber in our state than you do a police officer. That's a problem. So, right now, there's a cry out there to defund the police. I think what Mr. Brown is saying is the opposite. We yeah. need to embrace this. We need to put money don't into the Defund it. Add to it. Add to it. Get them better trained. Education get and better training. Better quality of staff. Get better police officers out there. And hopefully these events don't happen. At the end of the day, there's still going to be people that make mistakes. We understand that. Everyone wants to go home to their kids if they're on the clock in that job. I couldn't imagine being a police officer in today's world. But I think that the point you're saying is correct. Let's actually embrace where the problem is instead of because because we've seen what's happening. Like right now, when the police back down in Kenosha, more violence happened, right? So, yep. like, let's let's get these people in a point to where they actually do their job, better train them, better pay them, better quality of people, better talent. Maybe things will change. I mean, because right now the problem is we're protesting stuff, and there's not one singular voice out there telling me what needs to be different. How are we going to fix it? Fix it. Tell me how.
2: Here's how you're going to fix it. The multi-million dollar out-of-touch athletes are going to give up their million-dollar games and their little bubble, and they're going to put their walking feet where their mouth is. So just listen, somewhere there's an 18, 19, 20-year-old kid who loves this country, and he's willing to die for me or you. He's not on Twitter saying, F-U-F this, I want justice. He's actually putting his body and his life where he's, his beliefs are. It's not going to start with million-dollar athletes, but it could. They could decide. We can use our platform. We can do better. And
0: some of them do. I will say that. Some of them are out there trying to do things in their communities. We know athletes can be very charitable. They do a lot of things to try to help their areas. We just need more of that. And we need more awareness of that. And we need people with their heart in the right place. And I'm not trying to tell anybody how they should spend their money or what they should do. At the end of the day, everyone's a grown-ass man. They can make that decision. The point is, you got to focus on a way to make things better. And I'm telling you right now, simply protesting a game and not playing it, doesn't change
2: anything. It doesn't change an outcome. It's You're not to fix the past. If you want change in your world, you have to be able to make be able to make and be willing to make personal sacrifice, which no one today in the NBA did. That's the first step. Sacrifice something of your own for the better good.
0: And I'll say this, if anybody out there is listening, and if we're wrong in any of this or if there's something we don't understand, we ask you to come on our show and talk to us. You know, help us understand. Come on the show, like tell us where we're and missing we'll talk something. About it. Like we're not argumentative. We're open to ideas. We're just sitting here telling you our perspective of the events that transpired this week, and all we're looking at is saying, "How is this helping? Is it doing anything? All it's doing, I think, is alienating people and creating a bigger divide because." We're so far apart from coming together on a common solution because right now it's easier to talk about a problem than it is a solution. And right now we need to be focused on solutions. I'm not going to tell you I have them, but I'd love to hear somebody that does. I am, I am upset that this is where we're at in a sports podcast. We have been doing for two years. We had a great time earlier talking about fantasy sports and I wish we could talk about – Mr. Brown, you're watching your Braves play right now. They, they're they playing the Yankees in a doubleheader, right? Correction. We just won a doubleheader. Yeah, well, you won the, the – Oh, it's a – Oh, right. At, see, that was great
1: timing. Impeccable timing from Chad the Mark to Mr. Brown. Hey, so, I had Melanson get a save and Chad the Mark's Garrett Cole. Take the L and number one. I am
0: playing you in fantasy yeah, this no. week, and I was feeling good. I got Garrett Cole in yeah. the mound today.
1: So, let me check the update here after I got that saved.
0: Oh, wait a minute. Let's see. All right, don't lose sight here. Keep talking. It's uh, great. At. It, it's six to two. You're beating me six to two.
1: They haven't updated
0: yet. Yeah, they have. I just scrolled it. I got lectured for 20 minutes before the show started about how the fantasy baseball season I'm lucky to be in because it's only 60 games and not 162 games.
1: Anyone who's ever did it would agree because it's a grind and this year it's it's a sprint. And these guys are grateful to be even anywhere near me but within 20 games. You're, I'm telling you right now.
0: You're, the excellence emulates from your pores.
1: No, I'll tell you right now, I will challenge anybody to get in our baseball league next year and they're not going to win because <laughs> I've done that for the last 20 years. So come on. Biggie, you are you going to win this week?
2: What do you say? Oh, yeah.
0: You're you're playing somebody. Don't even check their lineup. I'm still going to win. Mr. Brown just mic-dropped this, I think. He just
2: said what he had to say about fantasy baseball, and he's like, I'm out. but ne- say,
1: ne-
2: <laughs> Next week when you guys split 5-5 and I'm sitting in first, we'll talk.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we hope next week we'll get back to actual sports, and we'll be able to enjoy a little bit of that. Regardless. If you listen to the show, hey, let us know what you think. Tell us where we're wrong. Tell us where we're right. Try to educate. Try to share. Like, do whatever. Come on the show. We invite you. The Olive Branch is extended. We have an opportunity to help each other understand. That's all we're saying. So help us. And maybe we can help you. Who knows? We'll see how it goes. This has been the We Don't Know Sports Podcast.